Blimey. This is one out of a jam jar, you got here. The House of Mystery contains demons, angels, elementals, magicians, wizards, apparitions, adult language, and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not enter the House of Mystery. All right, then. All right. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to the House of Mystery, where all of your horror fantasies come true, thanks to me and, of course, the demon bisexual butler. Hello, David. Hello, everybody. All right. So today, you and I are going to be talking about and sorting through Swamp Thing number three, written (laughs) by Ram V and art by Mike Perkins. And this is a start of a new storyline. Oh, yeah. Titled My Green Amaranthan. And and Ram V does not waste time. No. He just basically says, strap in. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, he said, listen, everyone, bend the fuck down because <laughs> I'm about to get this party started. He definitely ran with it in this issue for sure. So this issue really, really comes out the box swinging. There's no time wasted as we see Levi, the new avatar of the green, come face to face with his new version of normal. We saw some familiar faces. Also, the reader was introduced to a few new concepts. Some things are still murky. I feel like this is being done intentionally, though, in order to help or at least aid in the building of this mystery. You know, who's Levi? How did he become the new avatar? Why are we having a party inside the green Poison Ivy's there. Alec Holland's there. What's happening? And, <laughs> what the hell has gone on? And I do like how they are building this mystery. I just hope that it doesn't end abruptly like issue number two did with their first story, Becoming. Well, I honestly think after after me and you covered that first part, it really felt like, okay, Ram V was trying to give us an idea of an introduction to Levi as Swamp Thing. Mm -hmm. And I was really expecting us to see the growth of Levi as Swamp Thing. Instead, Ramvi decides, no, we're going to actually ramp everything up and basically just tell you that Levi has been studying. He's not, he's not perfect, but he's studying to use his powers yeah. So, and he's trying to tap into things mm-hmm. that he does not quite understand yet. That's a lot of conjecture, Dave. It is. Because a lot of it wasn't stated. We're just assuming he is going through a lot of these things. So, it's a little murky, but I feel like it's intentional only because I have faith in Ram V. Ram v. Like, I'm an avid reader of his work and I know the guy can craft a fucking story. So I'm not scared or nervous. So when I see things that may raise red flags, I think for a second, okay, this is Ram V. He knows how to write. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And this has got to be part of his, his path in order to build that mystery. So I'm fine with it so far. Now, the synapses, Dave, reeling from his battle with the Pale Wanderer, Levi seeks the true nature of his transformations. And what better place to find his roots than the heart of the grain itself? There, he and his girlfriend, Jennifer, or whatever the fuck she is, will encounter the realm's many denizens, including one known as Holland and Poison Ivy. Who will aid Levi and who will harm him if he is to pull Jennifer I guess she's his girlfriend and himself back to the real world 
Levi will need all the help he can get to tame the Swamp Thing running wild within. So I will say, Ram V has a wondrous mind. I really dig his imagination. There are moments that feel, especially in this issue here, they're a bit psychedelic at times. Oh, absolutely. And I love it. I, first off, I'm a huge fan of genres that veer into the psychedelic. Big fan of that stuff. That's why I love the 60s cinema. And the aspect of the psychedelic, it's possibly due to the chosen ethnicity of our hero, Levi. There's a lot of Indian philosophy that talks of psychedelics in connection to faith and mystic powers. So without getting too far into the weeds of philosophy in various sutras, they're called, there are mentions that mystic powers can arise from certain herbs or healing plants. Yeah. So Levi's culture meshes well with the chosen motifs. And that's one thing that I absolutely love about this issue. It feels very authentic. Yeah, because like to the culture, to the culture, to the that, culture that our new hero is a part of. Mm-hmm. Because like you really get the sense that Ram V go went into this project knowing ahead of time what he wants to do, like down to basically the mythology that he wanted to tap into. I mean, bringing up, bringing up something like the wonder Wos in the, in the middle of the book where that tying that real uh, medieval age type of mythology to your story really does give it some sense of authenticity. It gives it a sense of that Ram V knows what he's doing and he knows what type of feeling he wants to give. Yeah, I like what he's doing with this aspect because if you're going to bring in characters from different ethnicities, different cultures, then use that. Use that. Don't just say, hey, we're doing this and we're pretty sure Levi has something to do with the green because of some land he owns in India. Well, hey, fucking tie it in. Make it make sense to the culture and even religious beliefs or even. Not even, definitely Indian folklore. Yes. And I feel like that's definitely the direction they're taking because of the psychedelic nature oh, yeah. of this issue. Yeah, because like the 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 blending of that cultural type of storytelling and then blending it with not only like classic mytho- uh, mythology, mm-hmm. but also with... Basically, the mythology in the DC universe. Right. That takes skill. That takes absolute skill to keep it going. But he chose the right way to do it, which is doing this psychedelic type of, you know, mind fuckery that basically, in any normal way, if he were to tell the story that he's telling right now in a different way than the psychedelic themes, I think it would go way too much over people's heads. Doing it this way, it's a it feels more palatable, and you like go okay. I just saw like a man with three eyes, and it makes sense to me somehow in my brain. <laughs> well, he's definitely skating that line between mainstream and possibly even indie at times. 
most listeners know that I'm not the biggest fan of mainstream comics necessarily. Like, listen, I love DC, but I like their more indie Blair titles. You know, I like this, the, the black label vertigo, kind of like the standalone, the stuff, high quality, high stuff. qualities. And I feel like Ram V is definitely giving us a mainstream story, but he's not pulling back from stuff that he obviously likes. And he's a bit intellectual and sometimes, and I'm glad to see that people are vibing with this because sometimes that intellectual flair doesn't always go over well with the mainstream. No. And it seems, if you look at the reviews, it seems like a lot of people are completely on board. And it possibly has everything to do with Swamp Thing as a character. People are used to Swamp Thing being a little more intellectual. Yes. I mean, for God's sakes, it was being written by fucking Alan Moore. By Alan Moore. I mean, the guy's amazing. So, of course, if you're an Alan Moore fan and you're an old school Swamp Thing fan, then you're going to definitely dig what Ram V is doing here. Yeah. Now, I will also say issue number three was probably it probably made a lot of hardcore Swamp Thing fans very happy oh, because yeah. the yeah. reader was taken on a tour into the green uh, there was a lot of imagery that helped sell a few ideas and introductions of characters. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had Ivy or Poison Ivy, uh, Woodrue. Woodrue. Uh, and which, more importantly, we had Alec Holland. Alec Holland. But honestly, dude, the one of character that made his appearance I wasn't expecting, but I was so happy with, was the Floronic Man, was yeah. Woodrow. Well, and as uh, long as he has a point, I don't want to be just fan service because he is... Would you say he is Swamp Thing's Joker? He is Swamp Thing's Lex Luthor? Yeah, he's he's up there when it comes to Swamp Thing's villains. Because, like, the only one that actually outdoes Woodrow is, um, I'm actually, I actually just blanked on the character's name. But it's the, the avatar of, uh, um. Animal, vegetable, mineral man. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. Although that would be awesome if he showed up. But no, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> Keep quiet over there. <laughs> But Woodrow, honestly, is just like what you said. He's like an upper tier villain for Swamp Thing. Yeah. So it does make sense for him to be in this this issue, especially because we're in this abstract world, you know, which is the green. Yes. So I do like what they did with that. There's a lot going on and you get the idea that he's really working on something big here. And that's. One reason why I managed to get over the fact that I wasn't a big fan of issue two, because it does feel he's working towards something. And after seeing all the elements that were introduced, you start to see this trail that I believe is leading right back to future state swamp thing. Yes. Am I right? Yeah. It does seem that way, especially after this issue, especially after this issue, because like, you're already seeing the seeds of like, okay, we know that basically the end game of future state is to actually see what I'm assuming is Levi at his peak. Yeah. That it was Levi at his peak, meaning he was able to create that gigantic life tree to save humanity. Right. Here in the very beginning, we're not expecting that. Because yeah. he's low powered. He's still getting used to that idea. But it does feel very consistent with many of the things that we saw in Future State. Yes. Because there were interesting questions posed pertaining to humanity. 
one of the versions of Poison Ivy mentioned that the problem is humanity and that their inability or and their inability to protect nature. They're consumers. I believe is that that's what they said. They consume and take for granted. You know, a few other things. Uh, there was some clarification on Levi and what he was doing back home. Prescott Industries wanted to negotiate a price for his ancestral land. So I'm still thinking that Levi is something very different than the typical avatar. I'm wondering if Levi's family is the green, meaning perhaps this is where it originated or they are part of an ancient family of protectors of the green. That's what I'm assuming. It seems like we're going in that direction. Yeah. And honestly, Dave, you're the bigger Swamp Thing fan than I am. So I want to hear if you feel differently. Personally, if you're going to do a new Swamp Thing story with a new hero, essentially, then I would want them, whoever's writing that story, I would expect them to delve into possibly reworking the mythos of a character. Otherwise, you ask, you shrug and ask why. Why are you redoing a story with someone who's not Alec Holland? Why are you doing a Swamp Thing story if you're not going to flesh out some new some new avenues, avenues. of mythos? And the fact that this is exactly what Ram V is doing here yeah. is probably the biggest win for all three issues so far. The fact that we're seeing new things. New concepts. Isn't that what we always say when we talk about stuff? You know, whether it be a sequel or an ongoing TV series a book, a comic. Hey, that's great and all, but what are you going to do that's new? Yes. And that for me is going to be the biggest hurdle for Ram V throughout this entire series, because you get the sense, just like what I alluded to earlier, Ram V knows what he's talking about and he knows what he's writing. He knows the mythos of swamp thing. Absolutely. So he's going to want to throw absolutely everything he knows into his story. Right. But at the same time, he's going to want to do something new. He's going to want to actually give us new concepts, new ways of looking at the green. But he's not. He's also wanting to pay homage to like the mythos of the character b- before, right? And and you could definitely see that he's definitely using those Alan Moore notes. Like he's definitely oh, absolutely are yeah. those vibes. So. Especially in future state, yeah. In future, in in, in what's essentially Ram V's final chapter of Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. you can see you can see the elements of Alan Moore's type of writing in that yeah. story. Yeah. So it does feel like he is uh, Ram V is definitely working towards possibly connecting his first two issues of Future State. That run with this story because it does feel like the groundwork is being laid for that story yeah in these issues Mm -hmm. the human element seems to be key to both stories well especially since you have all the characters that get introduced in the green currently you know you have the scene with woodrow you have the scene with ivy and you have the scene with alec they kind of actually bring up a lot of their talk is about humans yeah and how, especially if you contrasted how in future state, how like the swamp things, people saw humans and, and viewed them as monsters, as monsters. And then you, you see, you know, how Ivy basically says, oh, the other Ivy does not like humans very much. Well, <laughs> not, not only that, Dave, there seems to be a point here 
when it comes to humanity. For example, the Swamp Thing, whoever it was in Future State, which I am starting to lean to the side that it was Levi. I think it's Levi. He specifically said that in order for the green to truly be great, essentially, it needed humanity. Humanity was needed for the earth to continue to move on. That the green and humanity needed to work together in some type of, you know, symbiotic relationship. Yes. He made it a point to say that the missing element was the human soul. The human soul. So now we have questions pertaining to humanity. We have poison ivy saying that humans are the reason why the green is fucked. But as we find out at the end of future state that swamp thing does not believe that. And I feel like that's the story. You know how people say, well, what's the story? Oh, you know, Levi becomes swamp thing. Well, that's not a story. That's the idea. Yes. I have a feeling that the story is actually about the importance of humanity and what it represents for the green. Yeah. And I like the fact that you bring up the whole idea of this about the soul, because especially when they introduce these three main characters, if you know what's going on in DC right now around like what the landscape's like, you will basically realize that all three characters that they introduced Woodrow, Ivy and Holland, Mm -hmm. they're all dead. Yeah. All of them are dead. They don't have a soul. But anymore. they're, or do they? Or do they? Is there a bit of an afterlife here? Exactly. Obviously, there is. Obviously, there is. And again, touching on a like. Part of them stays within the green. Yeah. Again, touching on those elements that Alan Moore first put in about like, is Alec Holland still alive? Is Swamp Thing Alec Holland? Yeah. So now, it, what, what Ram is doing here is basically after this issue. And I'm sure we'll go over some of the rough patches in it. But honestly, after this issue, this feels like a love letter to the character's history. Yeah. And I I would agree with that. Yeah. Not just his history, but to the themes that were laid down by like some of the best writers for the character. No, I agree. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to the dilemma of this issue, the the conflict. Yes, We get the idea that something is happening to the green because of Levi. Something he is doing or not doing because of his confusion. I believe Ivy had said that his inability to completely comprehend what's happening to him or even know who he is, is what's messing up the green. Yeah. And then Alec Holland enters and he takes on the role of a mentor. Towards the end, telling Levi that he can help him wade through the green in hopes to help him learn his purpose and also stop a contagion spreading through the green that threatens to destroy the green, the world and beyond. And and the beautiful thing, dude, visually, I don't know if Ramvi meant to do this and told Perkins, hey, I need this specific visual. The fact that basically the contagion is red. In the very end, Holland basically tells him about the contagion and you look out into the green and you see these speckles of red everywhere. Yeah. And all of a sudden I just basically go, we're, we're going into the battle of the balance of nature and in, right. in, in DC. It's the red versus the green. And, all, and we already got the illusion of the, blo- uh, of uh, the rot. Yeah. The rot. 
Well, I believe Jennifer, the character Jennifer in the opening page mentioned, I believe it was her. I, I, I'm still not quite sure who was narrating. I believe it was her, which seems a little off-putting because she's not the star. And then suddenly we're hearing her thoughts. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's her talking, right? The separation of red and green. No, I think it is Jennifer because she's talking to Levi himself. Yes. So she's talking about the separation of the red and green. And that part is interesting, but it also feels a little bit of a bit misplaced because how does this rando scientist suddenly understand the red and the green? And yes, she's (laughs) reading things within the archives. But suddenly she is schooling Levi on these things that threw me off a bit because it came from nowhere. The first two issues, she was some random chick. We didn't even know who she was, really. Yeah. And suddenly now she is talking to him about these things and she's going to scan him and he knows who he is now when it comes to this creature. It feels very strange, that whole bit. And same thing with the contagion. Like, I don't, I'm not sure why or how or when this contagion became a thing. There's still a lot of questions. You know, why Levi is still essentially human, but is the new avatar. And why does he transform into the avatar, the swamp thing, instead of being the avatar and being the swamp thing. So there are a lot of questions that still need to be answered. Yes, there are. And I'm okay with that. I think that's one of the more interesting parts about this story so far is the fact that Levi is different in the way he interacts with, with the green, with the green. So I do like that, but we do need to get a little bit more clarification. And this, that's the thing that kind of leads me into now, the one thing, the one problem that I had with the comic is that need for clarification because Ram V is introducing all these great elements to us, all these great concepts. And it feels like at the end of the day, it feels like he is expecting his audience to know everything that he knows. Yeah, I will agree with you on that. And at the end of the day, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the book. Yeah. I enjoyed the book. But mm-hmm. however, now I have to look at it as a critical critical eye. With a critical eye? With a critical eye. <laughs> and yeah. and basically say that, okay, great concepts you introduced, but you do realize that basically your writing, you're expecting the audience to understand what you're what you're saying from the get-go. And if you're a hardcore, if you're a hardcore DC and Swamp Thing fan, you probably barely noticed. Listen, Dave, I am more than a casual Swamp Thing fan, okay? I'm not the biggest Swamp Thing fan, not because I don't like him, just because I just, for some reason, I didn't just read, I I haven't read all his stuff. I've read a lot of stuff, Yeah, and I like the character a lot, but I haven't read everything you can find like you have. And even with the knowledge I have, I found myself confused at times while reading this, and I don't know... If that's a writing problem. So, you know what? Let me just say for the purpose of this discussion, it's not a writing problem because I, I okay. wouldn't I wouldn't look at the issue here and say, oh, this is shitty writing. No, 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 no. Ram no, V is a very capable writer and he does great work. Yeah. But I feel like he is taking. Too many liberties. Yeah. And there's too much assumptions that the reader is going to understand what he's writing. 
because when you're selling a Swamp Thing story as a new beginning and it's issue one, it's a 10 issue series. It doesn't really make it new reader friendly. Exactly. It actually wants to, it actually made me want to put the issue down a couple times while I was reading, not because it wasn't good, but because I was lost many times and I'm not an idiot. No, I can follow the story. The story is easy to follow, but there are just elements thrown in. Like, I didn't know why Poison Ivy was there. I don't give a fuck about that character. Oh, yeah. Like, why is she there? Okay, great. I didn't know who that big giant creature was that was walking around. The 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 woo-woo, what'd you call it? The, uh, I think it's called the Woodos. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. So I'm assuming it's uh, some mythological creature, right? Yeah, it's a mytho- mytholo- uh, yeah. mythological Th- that creature. That much I knew, but I mean, is it creature in dc comics like i don't know no and see dave so i did know what it was yeah but i didn't know what the purpose Purpose was was. and i just assumed okay well i guess this is some creature that's a part of the green and dc canon well it's it's a creature that he easily could take and put into dc canon because if you and as i said you have to know this stuff yeah it's a little frustrating if you you knew that uh, the woodos is actually in medieval mythology Mm -hmm. it's considered like the satyr this uh, satire or you know like the uh those goat people and they're tied to the forest they're 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 tied to the plants okay and that's why i was like oh okay cool you threw that mythology there and it makes sense yeah that does work however again if you don't know that you're like, okay, is this someone important? Exactly. Yeah. Especially in that moment, because that that was a beautiful page too well, by Perkins. I will say that. I will. I, I agree with everything you just said. And I also will say that Ram V continues to be very creative with his panel choices. Yeah. And Mike Perkins picks up on Ram's intentions as an artist perfectly well. When his panels need to be more standard, and I'm saying this because if you remember during our first discussion, there were complaints that Ram V's writing was boring in the way of visuals, that it wasn't very creative with the (laughs) panels. The panels were very standard, and we had disagreed that that was bad, but we did understand that, yeah, the panels were a little more straightforward when it needed to be. And then there were moments that dictated, okay, let's do this. And I'm, I'm, I'm more of a fan of that meaning when his panels need to be more standard, they are, but when the story dictates it to be different and we go from, you know, from, from standard to, to something a little more abstract, there's a reason for it. And the reason why I like that when it comes to reading comics is because I feel the same way about my cinematography and editing choices in movies. You don't just do slow motions. You don't just do dolly shots that spin. You don't just do jump cuts. You have to do things because there's motivation for it. Is there a narrative or story motivation? Are you trying to evoke a feeling? If so, then do all the snazzy stuff your brain can come up with. And the same thing, in my opinion, applies to comic book writing. If you're just like, who's that guy that everyone likes? Snyder. Yeah. That does the uh, the whole metal thing. What's yeah, his Scott, name? Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder. He's a, I'm not a big fan of his work. I am a fan of his work. I like what he does for the most part. Yeah. But my biggest complaint about some of the stuff he does is that 
it is so crazy at times <laughs> with some of his panel choices. And I'm like, why are you doing this though? Are you doing it because you don't have confidence in your story to carry the reader through? And you're just trying to make a lots of, you know, snazzy images that are bright and, you know, explosive. Are you trying to attract the readers that way? Because that's what it feels like. I don't feel like a lot of his panel choices are actually are actually motivated by story. Yeah. And that's what I really like about about Ram V's writing in Swamp Thing so far as well, is that he's not doing shit just to be a douche artist. He's yes. not trying to be an avant-garde douche. He's doing the creative stuff when the story needs it. When it dictates it. For yes. example, in this issue, there were actually poetic devices that I thought he used really well. At times, when he was in, when Levi was in the green, especially the conversation between Ivy and Swamp Thing, at times it feels like poetry. There's actually a rhythmic structure to much of the dialogue. That makes it feel poetic. And I'm not sure if that's intentional. I didn't sit there like a poetry douche and count stressed and unstressed syllables. But Ram was using meter to structure much of the dialogue. Well, yeah, because like it, it feels like you're listening to a dialogue from like Alice in Wonderland. At honestly. times. At times. And it's very rhythmic and it's very, you know. So you picked up on that too? Yeah, because yeah. like you... you, you even in his dialogue, you get the theme and the sense of psychedelicness. Yeah. Because, and that's what I appreciate more. Psychede being psychedelic is more than just visuals. It's also about the content within it that makes it psychedelic. You right. Know, the dialogue, the way the characters talk. Well, if you're bringing up Alice in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland is highly intelligent. It is. People don't realize the amount of subtext that is going on in those stories. So if that is actually what he's doing here, a little bit of a homage to, then listen, I mean, he nailed it. He nailed it. He and, did a good job. And Ram, Ram V is actually be, becoming a very popular uh, writer for me because I can see the, the art of writing in his, in his uh, narrative. He's not just some run of mill, run of the mill writer. He's not. Uh, okay. I'm going to say something that he's quality. I, I'm going to say something that is, uh, don't you fucking do it. That, 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 that might anger a lot of people out there because we, we, we know that there's a fan base for it. Don't you <laughs> fucking do it. But, um, Ram V's writing makes Tom Taylor look like a kindergarten. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that. That's what I'm, I tell people is like, you know, I like Tom Taylor. I like his box office, Michael Bay type of writing, but he uh, compared it doesn't this always to work. Ram V. Yeah. Who there's substance, there's context within his words, the way he uses the words. I can picture Tom Taylor looking at this going, shit, I don't know how to make heads or tails of I, this. Well, <laughs> well, I don't understand. <laughs> Rhythm. <laughs> What's poetry? What's po what are poetic devices? I don't get it. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm sorry if, 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 no, if you're apologize. a Tom Taylor fan out there and we're making fun of him. You know, listen, David, you are a Tom Taylor fan. So I don't Tom know Taylor what fan. type of shit you're talking over there. Have you forgotten you have said numerous times you're a Tom Taylor fan? I am. I am. It seems like your giddiness 
has died down after the <laughs> after the, the right. abomination that was rise and fall. Rise and fall. It is the rise and fall of Tom Taylor. Dave. Oh shit. <laughs> All right, Dave. So comic book roundup is um, really blowing this issue. It's yeah. gotten an, it's its highest rating so far. A 9.2. Which <sighs> it only got a 9.2 because the later reviews started giving it a um, eight and a seven and, 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 seven. and an 8.5. But yeah. if the initial reviews 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 9.0, 9.0, 9.0, and then it drops to 8.5. So a lot of people are loving these issues. Yeah, and that's a good thing. I think that's uh that's what we want. So that titles don't get canceled. Obviously, this is a 10-issue run, so we know that it's not gonna get canceled. But if we want more Swamp Thing stories, these issues need to be reviewed favorably and they need to make some dough. So hopefully people are buying these as well. And I, and I also understand that basically a lot of the fans out there are becoming fans of Ram V and you're seeing kind of like the, that's the one thing that always happens in comics is writers, they get their fan bases and fan bases will live and die by their, by their side. Yeah. And I agree. I'm really happy that Ram V is getting this attention because we're getting, you know, new blood into writing. And I will, I would love to see Ram V tackle other things past Swamp Thing. For sure. I honestly would love to see him do a Hellblazer run. Oh, that would be, that'd be really good. Or even a Sandman run. I mean, listen, I want Cy Spurrier back, but if for whatever reason he's not available, I would be actually okay with Ram V writing help with your story i think he i'd can be do okay it. with it i think he could do it i honestly think especially the way he writes i think it would it would do wonders it'd be kind of like a classic hellblazer well like i said he has the ability to veer into the mainstream and he can write some high quality stuff for people that are a little more pretentious like myself yeah i i honestly think a really great title for him mm-hmm. would be sandman because oh, yeah. his type of writing and the way he tackles kind of like these elements of psychedelicness and, and imagery and out of this world type of concepts, it fits perfect in the Sandman world. It fits perfect in Neil Gaiman's Sandman. I'd be okay with that. That'd be pretty, pretty stellar to have him write a Sandman. The Sandman. Honestly, just give him... It would it would make a lot of sense. He's currently the writer for Justice League Dark. So he's already writing these darker characters anyways. So why not just give him a spinoff run of Zatanna? In fact, that's what I want more than anything right now, Dave. If someone said, hey, do you want a Hellblazer story or a Zatanna run? I would probably go with a Zatanna, a Zatanna run, run. Because we have not had one. In years. I think Zatanna is one of those characters that needs her own series. And I do have a feeling that we are going to see those titles start popping up as her movie starts getting closer. We're going to see DC wanting to promote the fuck out of it. Oh, and yeah. we're probably going to get some issues. So we do have that to look forward to. I um, will say. Unless it's written by Tom. Taylor. 
<laughs> I can see hey it now. Guys, Zatanna is, is, hey guys, is number one by Tom Taylor. Oh, that would be awful. We're super excited and suddenly written by Tom Taylor. And Batman's going to co star. You fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> That would that would be the that'd be the way that'd be the way. <laughs> I'm not sure how to read this here. Let's see. Swamp Thing for the month of April. Swamp Thing was number 14 on the sales charts, which is really good, honestly, for yeah. a title like. Swamp Do you Thing. know who the top five comic book sales are? Batman, <laughs> Batman, Joker, Robin, Batman the Detective. Batman Fortnite zero point. Oh, that that what bullshit. The fuck? That bullshit pissed me off so badly because so many people, dude. But David, number five. Yeah, number five it came out for Batman Fortnite. I, I know, dude. There are so many fucking amazing titles, and for <laughs> Batman Fortnite to take number five makes me fucking angry. Someone, there are people out there that sell number one for Batman Fortnite number one for over a hundred bucks now. Detective Comics is number six. <laughs> Justice League is seven. Rorschach is number eight. Which is actually really good. That's Rorschach fine. is good. Yeah. Green Lantern, number nine. Which is good. Next Batman, Second Son, God number 10. It. Batman <laughs> Urban Legends, number 11. Here we it. go again. Nightwing, number 12, which is Batman, essentially. It's Harley Batman. Quinn is Batman. It's part it. of the whole Batman yeah. thing. Number 13. Teen Titans, 14. Swamp Thing, 15. Batman Black and White, 16. <laughs> oh, my God. I fucking... Stop it! <laughs> and it sucks because, like, there's so many other titles out there that deserve recognition. But, but meanwhile, we have... We have, finally, thankfully, we have one Swamp Thing title going on. JLD is a backup story. Yes. That's all we really have. That's in all the we way have. of the darker side of DC right now. <laughs> But we have Suicide Squad, Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries, Catwoman, <laughs> Challenge of the Super Suds. Let's see. Man Bat, which we're still going to look into that. Batman yes. versus Ra's al Ghul. Another Batman. Because, Mike, remember, oh my God, dude. when if all else fails, throw in the bat. <laughs> Are you reading The Dreaming, The Waking Hours, the new run? Yes, I am. Is it as good as the the first run? Oh no 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 no! Oh, it's not. <laughs> it's the, oh. It's good. It's good. I was but afraid. If you're, if you're gonna tell me that, oh, is it at better than the first run? No, no. Well, no, you no. know who wrote the first run of the Dreaming, right? I'm talking about the last. I'm not talking about Sandman. The oh, over, okay, no, 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 okay, no, no, okay, no, 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 no. I'm talking <laughs> about the the latest run of the Dreaming. The latest. Ah, okay, yeah, okay. Like that started two years ago with DC Black Label. Yes. You know, okay. All right. Now that's the, good Sand, the Sandman universe. Okay. Stories. The first run was I loved. It was written by Cy Spurrier. I believe the opening what was it? Twenty four issues. I want to say. Yeah. Is dreaming good. waking hours just as good as those? Because you read those, right? They're just as good. Honestly, okay. the Sandman universe. All the stuff in there, I really enjoyed. Dude, so have I, man. I don't understand how they got canceled. I've read, I don't know. I've now read at least one volume for every DC Black Label that was connected to the Sandman universe. And um, all of them were good. We're good. And I don't understand why they just fucking canceled all of them. Because Lucifer was, was okay. Lucifer was actually a Lucifer was title. really fun. Yeah. 
And then you have the House of Whispers. The House of Whispers. That was fun. Books of Magic. Books of Magic was fun. Books of Magic was so much fun and so amazing because yeah. you actually got a continuation of the story that we all <laughs> that that we all got back in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. So, Dave, we do need to bring it back to this discussion. We got a little distracted here, but uh, I will say that Ram V needs to write something. Don't write Batman. In fact, Ram please, v, please don't if, write Batman. If they say, "Hey, Ram, we got a new project for you. We would like you to write Batman." <laughs> <laughs> please, Ram, just run away. Just say, you know what? I I I love what you're doing, and I have all the respect for you. You've uh, given me a job now for several years, um, but it stay on the fucking <laughs> Batman, eh? <laughs> And give us some Zatanna or Madame Xanadu. Please, let's do that. Yeah. Ram V, start writing it. Just write it, even if it's not going to get published. And and put it on like a fanfic site someplace. A fanfic site for yeah. us. And then open up a Patreon page and I'll I'll dump like 20 bucks per issue. <laughs> do it. All right, so my final thoughts in a nutshell, Dave. I enjoyed the issue. There are some problems pertaining to the world building. It's fun. It's intriguing. but. It's not, it's a little murky. It is. A little murky, and I feel like Ram is taking some liberties here with Swamp Thing mythos, just assuming people know things. Uh, Also, the contagion aspect really rubbed me the wrong way because there was no allusions to a contagion. There was no allusions in the first issue. There was no allusions in the second issue. There was no allusions even in the third issue until Alec Holland said, there's a contagion. There's a contagion. Am I wrong, Dave? No. Yeah. You, so you I didn't are miss anything, right? On. And then suddenly there's a contagion. So you introduce a threat by simply stating it via exposition at the end of the issue. Yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about that. But ultimately, or overall, I, I should say, I did like the issue. There are just a few red flags here and there. I'm going to give this issue a 73% on the RMD score. I'm I'm pretty much near where you're at. My score for for this particular issue was I had to the fan side of me absolutely wanted to love this and give it a 98, right? But in all honesty, when as I said, when I took a step back, I said, okay, I love all the concepts he threw out here. Ram's really showing that he he's honoring the character of Swamp Thing, and he knows the right beats for that type of character. But I honestly feel like this issue could really turn off a lot of fans. So I have to I have to take away points for that. And at the end of the day, I gave this a 82. Okay. And as I said, I loved all the concepts he was doing, but he has to kind of slow down. And he has to flesh a few. Flesh out a couple things. of things. Yeah. You know, like if you're going to, if you especially if you're going to actually bring in elements of these characters who hardcore hardcore fans or DC fans know that are dead. It would have been nice to actually say at least in, in some of your things, Hey, mention it, mention that basically poison Ivy's dead. Why is she here? So let me give you a good comparison here for the listeners out there, Dave. Now imagine if Cy Spurrier did this with his recent Hellblazer run. Okay. As we know, the Hellblazer title and the story of John Constantine is is over 20 years. Yes. There is so much story there. 
there's so much information that an insider could easily write if they're good at writing could write a story about Hellblazer. If they've read 300 plus stories plus side stories, they definitely can write something from uh, write a story and use some of the more obscure elements of Constantine to craft a story that Hellblazer fans long time or long term, long time, long time Hellblazer fans could definitely understand. But Cy Spurrier didn't do that. What he chose to do was focus on a moment in the books of magic from I want to say 1993 is when those issues the time, yeah. were published. He took an element from an issue from 1993 and used that as his jumping off point. Now, if he was to write that or if he would have written that like Ram V wrote this issue here, he would never have explained or shown us that little moment where John Constantine was dying during a war of magic users. Yes. When Tim Hunter was destroying the world. When he went evil. He could have just mentioned it briefly in a comment and we all would have been confused. Instead, he chose to actually show Show that moment so we would understand. He gave us context and that's something that Ram V sadly isn't doing with some of these elements he's not giving us enough context yeah so all right so this does bring us to the end i want to thank everyone for listening also be sure to find us on patreon patreon.com slash digital and when you pledge at least a dollar for you house of mystery listeners you will gain access to a mini pre-show that we do called the oblivion bar essentially a a miniature house of mystery show it's a little more casual we shoot the shit we talk about whatever fitting within the world of dc and how it pertains to the world of magic so patreon.com slash rayman digital pledge it helps you get more content and it helps us stay on the air thank you david thank you my name is john constantine i'm the one who steps from the shadows all trench coat and arrogance i'll drive your demons away Kick them in the bollocks and spit on them when they're down. Leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I'll walk my path alone. Because let's be honest. Who'd be crazy enough to walk it with me?